the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In November of 2020, the Democrats were up to no good. They were planning to pull off the greatest scheme of election fraud never before seen. They didn't think we would catch them, but we did. Find out what they did and how they did it in the new documentary film called 2000 Mules, directed and narrated by renowned filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza and executive produced by Salem Media Group, with research from truthevote.org. 2,000 Mules tells the story of the ones who tried to hijack a presidential election. You'll see the actual video surveillance tapes. You'll see how we tracked their cell phones to box after box as they got paid to carry out this illegal scheme. Watch the movie and decide for yourself. Attend a limited release premiere of 2,000 Mules on May 2nd or May 4th. Check your local listings and get your tickets today at 2000mules.com. That's the number 2000mules.com. Welcome to the Situation Report. Glad to have you with us today. This is the show where we do our very best three times a week. That's right, three times a week. Hopefully you're listening to all the episodes. We do our best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stonlicker, here with Chad Robichaux. And uh, Chad, it's good to have you uh, back for a little while. I know you're in and out, but uh, for a little while you're here. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much going on in the world. Yeah, uh, it's good to be back. Uh, I am gonna. I kind of see the light at, at the end of the tunnel for my uh, just immediate travels. Uh, I'm leaving here in a few days uh, to go back to Ukraine uh, for one week, and then uh, and then hopefully hand the torch over to some really amazing guys that uh, keep keep the operation going and keep on uh, continue to help people in Ukraine as well as some of the people we're still helping in Afghanistan. So um, yeah, great great uh, great work done by uh, you know by those who you know, were kicking it off from Mighty Oaks Foundation and then uh, at Saber Allies. So it's been, it's been a good, quite an adventure. I, sure. I hate being away watching you do all these amazing episodes, and uh, but uh, happy to be back on and uh, look back to getting things getting back to normal. It, so whatever normal a, Yeah, <laughs> what, what is normal, right? And that's, uh, that's kind of where we are today is there's so much happening. We look at um, what's happening in the world, and um, for those that did not see the episode or listen to the episode, you and I talked about Ukraine – maybe two weeks ago, I can't remember exactly when it was, but you were still in Poland getting ready to come back. And uh, yeah. we talked about that, so go and watch that. Um, I know today as we recorded, and we're a few days behind, but uh, as we recorded, the president had a press conference about Ukraine, and, and there's things changing there and changing with the relationships there. But here, there is a lot happening in the United States, and we've talked often about social media and just the media more broadly and the changes that have happened in media. And it's, it's crazy because forever, I was going to say for a long time, but like forever, it seems like mainstream media has had a stranglehold on information and has really controlled the narratives for most Americans. Uh, we had the advent or the creation of social media, which gave people a different place to go. Very quickly, that was controlled and has been controlled. And now we're seeing a shift away from that. 
And I want to talk about that today for a few minutes because this impacts our lives. And there are people who say, I don't get on social media. None of this matters to me. It matters because decision makers, policy makers, uh, your friends, (laughs) the people you know, the conversations you'll have, uh, all in some way touch media, whether it's social media or more broadly, um, regular media. So I want to jump into that conversation. And I know that you have uh, a lot to say. So I'll I'll let you kick it off and we'll kind of kind of go from there. No, uh, I, I do have a ton to say. Uh, I mean, both professionally, just observing this personally, because I've been, been impacted personally by this. The organizations that I represent, both, you know, Mighty Oaks, Saber Allies, have been impacted by this. Particularly, I think Mighty Oaks has in, a, in, in you know, my, my personal platform trying to propagate the things we do at Mighty Oaks. And so I have a personal interest in this. But uh, also just as an American, uh, a lover of the Constitution, someone that believes in the Constitution, believes in uh, freedom of speech, and, uh, and understands that freedom of speech uh, are integral parts of a free and fair society, of a democracy, or in our case, a constitutional republic, to be able to voice our opinions and, uh, and our positions and, and, uh, and, and have a say-so in the narrative of our, of a, in direction of our nation. And, uh, you know, we have seen that increasingly be suppressed over the years. Uh, you know, if we had this conversation a few years ago, we'd have been probably uh, called conspiracists. But you know, <laughs> in town, it turns out now that that the the new definition of a conspiracy theorist is now uh, being referred to as a prophet. So, <laughs> so all these conspiracy theories that we've been uh, you know accused of are, are turning out to be true. And but the way this started with this topic for me was we've seen mainstream media on both sides go from go from uh, telling the news from traditional journalism to just essentially the extreme of propaganda. Right. Uh, uh, journalists becoming talk show hosts, uh, giving their opinion and, uh, and not giving the facts. And uh, that's, we didn't, we didn't, I don't think we knew at that time how dangerous that was when this began, you know, several years ago. But what happened was, uh, and it's just like, a, you know, two little kids in a playground, right? The first one. You know, kicks dirt in another one's shoe. The next one pushes them. The next one spits, and the next one, you know, is a is a punch. Right, just progression. Right, you had right. someone, someone, someone on the left hand uh, on the left side of the political spectrum saying things that were untrue, biased, uh, and opinionated. And then, uh, so the journalism on the right side, and it could have begun the other way. I don't know which way sure, it began. Sure. Had to had to compensate, right? right. So you Correct, talk right. show, same thing. And then it went, it went. From the truth, it went further and further and further and further apart from truth. And now, you know, uh, many people would say, and I would be one of them, they would say journalism in the mainstream media is is dead. Uh, it's talk show hosts that are propagating opinions and, and propaganda for their political aspirations for whoever's funding their programs, uh, investing in these companies, and uh, whatever their personal beliefs are. And, uh, and, and what we've seen is uh, people starting to turn away from uh, viewing – these mainstream media outlets and going to other sources. And uh, I mean, and you see the impact of that right now, uh, uh, the numbers, I mean, we watch the numbers of, of these networks just continually right. decrease, uh, you know, from things like the Oscars to things like CNN yeah. and, you know, CNN just put $300 million. And I think, I think we said before the show, they were looking at putting a billion dollars into starting CNN plus with Chris Wallace. And within a month of them starting, <laughs> They yeah. shut it down because they can't get the viewers. No one trusts these mainstream media outlets anymore, and so they're not tuning in. And uh, and I think the next phase of that, where they go, uh, if they can't go, is is to social media. 
uh, because they're going to people that they think they trust. Right. So maybe maybe they're not going to outlets, but they're like, hey, uh, you know, someone like Dennis Preger or or maybe Rachel Maddow on the other side, right? They, her personal page, she's going to get to say the truth. So they go there and uh, and then you see one side of that conversation has been suppressed through a censorship, tech censorship. And uh, this is where, uh, you know, I, I've been personally, I mean, I had a meeting this morning with, with our, with our marketing team and discussing, you know, our, our marketing and, and communicating off my platform and how it's being suppressed and how we work around suppression and how I have to have to evaluate what I'm going to say to the people that come to me for news and updates, because I got to be careful not to get suppressed, which I already am. And it's, it, it, everyone's having to do this. Everyone's having to gauge what they say and how they uh, talk because they're worried about the suppression. And, uh, and, and now people are so fed up with it that they're getting off of these social media platforms. People are so fed up with it to the point that Elon Musk pays, I, I think, well, I don't know, 2X. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. And the numbers continue to change, but yeah, something like that. Like $43 billion. <laughs> yeah, for stock in, in Twitter, a company does he doesn't need to own, but he's just wants free speech. I mean, President Trump tried to start the True Social. I think that was it. Looks like that was a bust. It didn't. Uh, I mean, it, it has not taken off. And, and so you got someone like Elon Musk, who obviously is a successful businessman, coming in by Twitter, and everyone freaks out. And the freakout is, uh, it, you know, the freakout is really revealing to me because. A year ago, if someone said, if someone accused Twitter of suppressing free speech, they would have said, they would have said you're crazy. Yeah, now right. they're saying Elon Musk can't buy Twitter because free speech is dangerous. Right. They're admitting it openly now. They're suppressing free speech. And so where are people turning now? Uh, hopefully places like this, the podcast situation report. But even though we have a, we have a free platform, we're not governed uh, outside of you know, Salem Media, which uh, which has been, you know, our, our network that has allowed us to say what we want to say and speak truth. Nonetheless, even though we can have that contained show that we put out and the information we put out here, but the outlets we put it out on uh, can be suppressed. Yeah. You know, YouTube could suppress it. Yep. Or as we go to share a show, you know, Instagram can and, and, uh, and Twitter can, hopefully not much longer. But uh, yeah, so we're, everyone's facing it. It's, co- it's continually causing a shift in where people go for news and, uh, you know, people are lost. People don't know where to go for truth. Um, I, I've been doing this Ukraine thing, and I'm on a tangent here. Sorry, I'll let you talk in a second. <laughs> That's right. It's a good tangent. But, uh, but man, I, I, I've been traveling around talking about Ukraine. Uh, I, I've, you know, I've been, I've been in Ukraine. I've been in Poland. I've been doing operations going across the border, helping with rescue operations and, and, and supply, doing some our supply stuff. And I come back and I've done a few speaking events and, and been on media. And when I go on, one of the first things people ask is, what's going on there? We want to know what's going on. Right. What's really going on? Because you've been there. What's really going on? They don't trust any media out there, mainstream, social media, uh, podcasts. They don't trust anything. They want to know face-to-face. Uh, and obviously, that's not a tangible way to, to spread sure. information sure. face-to-face. So. You know, people don't know where to go. They don't know who to trust. They don't know what's really going on in the world. And it's put us in a very, very dangerous place for uh, a lack of information and, and uh, being, a, being a victim of false information. It's dangerous because people don't, the, people don't know how to vote moving forward because they don't know what's true, what's not true, which way to vote. People don't know how to make personal decisions in their daily lives, how they invest their money, uh, where to live. 
how to, you know, what, what's the, the security of their job and income and personal security, all those things people are, can't get the right answers to because they don't have access to news and information that they trust that's accurate. Is that the end, the end of the tangent? That's well, no. Yeah, there's there's a lot I, I there, thought, right? I thought, about, I thought about this a little bit. So. Yeah, it, it sounds like you thought about it a lot, a little bit, and we've talked about it a lot. Um, media is a is a weird thing, you know the that word media it it means something or someone that goes between two people. That's what media means. So we talk about social media, it means there's an intermediary. When you talk about media whether it's radio or television, there's an intermediary. There's the information, there's the receiver of the information, there's someone in between that. And so anytime you put some someone or something between what is happening and the receiver of that information, you will never, regardless of the good intentions, ever receive 100% what is accurate. Everyone, because we're human, has to spend – um, what they've seen, what they've experienced, what they've heard through their own worldview. That's just that's just how it works. And I think a big part of this is at some point, and I don't know what the point is or when it happened, at some point Americans, maybe other people too, but Americans for sure, just started to accept what they were being told as the entire truth. And that drift you were talking about started there. I think it started with, you know, I remember when I was a kid listening to CNN headline news, my mom and dad would have that on in the morning. And CNN headline news, it was literally just a telling of the news. It was CNN, but it was just a telling of the news, the day's news. If you watched it all day, you'd hear the same report over and over and over again because it was just, this is what's happening in the world. And then commentary was added, and then guests came on, and that's really what led to where CNN is is now. But at some point, we stopped asking questions like, is that true? What else is out there? Where else can I learn about this? And I think that's where social media helped. It, it started to fill a void. That's been changed. But it got the opinions of the populace instead of just those who were reporting the news. My point in this is if we're ever going to get back to a place of understanding truth, I think we have to take that responsibility upon ourselves. And that, to me, is the biggest issue. CNN does not exist as it is today if we decide we're going to figure things out and ask questions and learn and hear both sides. But we like our opinion, we like our position, we like our worldview, and we only want people speaking into our world and into our lives and delivering news who we agree with and who we believe would agree with us if we were sitting across the table having dinner with them. And if any of this is going to change, it's going to change because we decide, I want to know both sides, I want to know everything, I want to receive as much information as I can and make my own decisions. And, and to me, whenever we let go of that, whenever that was, is when we started this slide into where we are now. You and I have talked about this a lot. I mean, there are people that we agree with on social media, uh, what, what I might call like right-wing pundits, right-wing meaning, you know, right of center. And they're so far to the right that I, I agree with their position in concept and in principle. I just can't listen to them because it's so angry. It's so polarized. It is so without even a hint of there might be a different position on this. And right. you have to accept them or you are their enemy. And, and that's not helpful either. So we've done this on both sides. And I think the only way to get back is to start asking questions. Why do they believe what they believe? Why do they believe what they believe? Where is this information coming from? And uh, how am I going to make my own decisions? You know, one of the things in, that, that I think if you go a step back even further and, and you're a 
I know, I know you're a big fan of history, uh, is look, you know, the one bit of information that people can't take away is, is our history. Uh, yep. they can suppress it, they can hide it, but you know, you can always find our history. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I think going back, looking at history is, is a very important right. resource of information, but it's, uh, it's also being suppressed and attacked now too. Correct. And we, yep. see, we see it in many areas, uh, in our schools and, uh, you know, we talk about media, right. And, and you gave a good definition of media. It's, uh, our, the, the lessons from our past, the the people from our past communicating that information getting communicated to the next generation of people, and uh, and the blockade in that has been schools, public school systems, and uh, and and political uh, people with political agendas to keep that history from uh, the next generation of uh, of Americans, and uh, so I think that's another you know form of censorship, uh, another you know big problem in our country. I think the reason we're in, we're in a situation in our country right now. Uh, dealing with the the youth, uh, the revolt in the youth that we see right now is because of uh, them being kept from our history. And, right. uh, but, but while it may be kept from you in public schools and stuff like that, you still always have access to go out and look yourself. And you, and you said it earlier, you know, you, you need to seek information, you need to educate yourself, you need to uh, understand why you have positions. Uh, I have a lot of very strong positions, a lot of uh, uh, things that I'm very passionate about. And it, when I, the more passionate I get about something, the more I want to know why I'm passionate about it. I'm like, man, I really feel strongly yeah. about this. Yeah. Why do I feel so strongly about this? I want to go back and, and, and understand why. And usually for me, that leads to a journey to history. Uh, this was the same with my faith journey. When I became a Christian, I was like, I'm super passionate. I love Jesus. And, and I, and I want to, <laughs> you know, I want to win the world for, for Jesus because right. that's what I feel called to do. I feel burdened in my heart to do, but I'm a skeptic by nature. So I'm like, why do I feel this way? Why am I so passionate? I want to know. And yeah. that led me to the study of apologetics, which is looking back at the history of, of Jesus and of the church and of faith and understanding why I believe what I believe. Yeah. I, I love the Constitution. I love America. Uh, I'm very passionate about it. And, and, I, and I had always been that way. But one at one moment in my life, I'm like, and this is after going to Afghanistan and fighting for our country. I'm yeah. like, why do I feel this way? Yeah. Why am I so passionate about yeah. being American? I've, I've seen lots of other great countries around the world. Uh, why America? Let me go back and... and Go to go go dig into history and understand why I love our country. What's so special about it? And uh, and it could be the opposite, right? If you if you believe if you're on the opposite side of me and you believe I hate America, I hate this country. It's unfair. It's biased. It's uh there's you know white privilege and and uh, and you know all these different things that people are accusing our country of. Yep. If you have that level of hate in you, pause for a minute and say why why do I hate America that way? Why do I feel that? that way and maybe the information wasn't given wasn't given to you because of the things we're talking about on the yep. show today yep. go back do the research study try to figure out why you hate america but have it from have it from a, a, a broad spectrum right don't just yeah. find other read books by other people that hate america right, uh, right. Uh, re, read some actually unbiased just history mike lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives he created the Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for you and me. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. Sale of the year. That means it's not going to happen again. This is the sale of the year. What is it? For a limited time, you will receive 60% off the Giza Dream sheets that comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. You will receive a set for as low as $39.99. For a limited time, with any purchase, you will receive Mike's soft cover book free when you use promo code SITREP. 
Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code SITREP. Along with this offer, you will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. For those of you that would rather use the phone, and some of you are out there, you know who you are, call 1-800-870-0283, use the promo code SITREP, or MyPillow.com and use the promo code SITREP. Man, a good good friend of uh, our organizations and, and ours personally, um, I know one of your mentors, David Barton, who is, to me, <laughs> the, the guy when it relates to history and American history, but not just American history, just history, history yeah. is, uh, is incredible. And, and we were talking one day um, over lunch about books, and I asked him if he had read a book that was recently written. And <laughs> he just looked at me and said, no, I don't read new books. And like, I know he reads constantly. He knows more than anyone I've ever met. And I said, what do you mean? I thought he was joking. What do you mean you don't read new books? And, and his point was, and, and it was a long conversation, it was very helpful, but his point was, I like to get as close to the source as I possibly can. So if an event happened in, you know, 1630, he tries to find the book that was written closest to that event taking place. Because all of us have bias, and authors have bias. As people look at history, we all have bias whether we understand it or not, it's, it's in us because of our own experience, because of our interactions with other people, because of the time in which we live. And this is something we're experiencing right now as it relates to history, is we're going back 200 years and saying, well, because of what I know now in 21st century America, I'm going to view history that way. And so we need to get as close to the event as we possibly can. So when you talk about looking at good information and looking at a diversity of information, uh, it really is that. It's not looking for pundits today who are looking back a couple hundred years or looking back 50 years or looking back 20 years and saying, I believe this is what they thought. I believe this is what they felt. I believe this is why they did that. Get back to people who were actually there. I think this is one of the important reasons for um, you know, David Barton uh, and his son Tim. They put out a book uh, on American history, and it really is. It's a it's a documenting of statements that were made by founders as they were writing our documents, as they were founding the country. These are their words, so we can go back to those and know what they actually intended. Um, and it's that way in all media. I don't, think it's to, I don't think it's being skeptical to say we all have a built-in bias and we all have our own opinion. And if I'm telling you something, I'm going to tell you that something, that information – from my perspective. And and we just have to know that. I don't think that's something we should be offended by, but we need to know that's happening. And then ask follow-up questions, ask other people, get other opinions, get other perspectives, and be very careful to fight against wanting to listen to people that agree with us. I think this is this is probably the biggest problem we have right now is we want to only talk to and hear from people that agree with us. And that's dangerous, whether it's a personal issue or how we're receiving the news. Uh, We've got to get outside of our bubble. And I think, honestly, that's what people are afraid of with Elon Musk. He's going to uh, break or burst the bubble, and they're going to have to listen to things they have not had to deal with in the past. Yeah, I I heard someone say say yesterday, uh, I I can't remember who it was, uh, Al Sharpton was interviewing them. Sure, sure. I'm sure it was a deep interview. <laughs> so, so, uh, but it was just, uh, you know, why is why is this dangerous? Why is this so bad for Elon Musk? Why why is Twitter freaking out? And they and they just like I said they, earlier, they just said, well, because the uh, free speech 
uh, him, him his idea this free speech and they kind of quoted his free speech is uh is dangerous because it invites misogynism and and, and uh, hate and yeah and racism and all these things and it's like it just it makes me makes me really sad but it's also really scary to see that what we suspected was happening was actually happening and all these things are starting to come out now yeah. i think twitter is uh the twitter staff is in damage control before the takeover they're probably try- uh, it sounds like they're trying to hide evidence of what they've yeah. been doing and uh you know i mean look I- i've i've lost i've had my twitter will get up uh get followers up and now i have drops of thousands of followers and uh and then i'll, I'll post the, the same post on Facebook or Instagram and get, you know, so many views and I'll go on Twitter and get, and it won't even have any views. Not like right. now. Yeah. Not one. I have thousands of followers, uh, but not one, not one view. It's not even possible. I mean, it's clearly the suppression there just because of my, not because of what I post, just because of who I am. Right. They've identified me as, as someone that loves America, loves freedom and, uh, loves God and, uh, have, you know, principles and characters that are characteristics that are un uh, not something they would agree with, and they've yeah. they've silenced me. And I'm I'm one of I'm one of tens of thousands of people that they've right. done this to. Not millions of people they've done this to. It's uh, okay. go ahead. Sorry, I was just saying. Uh, you know, you and the, the fact that the fact that uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter to open up freedom to people like me is uh, you know, and, and that they're threatened by that is just revealing to everything we've, we've suspected or been, been in fear of. I think that, um, I think that the, the pandemic stuff over the last couple of years, as horrible as it's been for our country and our world, it's been probably, we'll see. I mean, I guess we'll look back and know, but it has been a good catalyst for freedom (laughs) because so many things that we've dismissed up until the last couple of years as that can't possibly be what they're doing. That can't possibly be what's happening. That doesn't make sense. That wouldn't be in their best interest. Why would they do that? All of those things have, as you mentioned, come to the surface. And I think in a lot of ways it's been – it was the election. I think it was uh, a big part of that. But also the uh, the vaccine stuff and the – you know, all the stuff we've been dealing with and seeing and understanding, like, that doesn't make sense. Someone is lying to us. Yeah. And for the first time in – um, I mean, since I was young, it seems like freedom-loving Americans are realizing we have a responsibility to stand up and do something about this, to push back on this, and and it's happening. I mean, we've we've not only seen this in news media; we saw we we've seen this, or we're watching it happen with the Disney Corporation. Um, we we've known forever. I mean, it's never been a secret that Disney is pro, you know, LGBTQ. That's never been a secret. They've never tried to hide that. It's just never been what they've led with. And then they led with it. And not only did they lead with it, but they tried to defend a horrible, horrible practice in schools. And Americans stood up and pushed back, and it's um, having a, a real impact on really an American institution. I mean, to, to the point that tax um, uh, restrictions were put on them that they have not had to deal with since the, the 50s, I guess, or whenever they went to, to – uh, Florida, $200 million a year they're going to have to start paying in taxes they've never had to pay. They'll be regulated by the state. They've never been regulated. Stock, down. I mean, I I, I held Disney stock, <laughs> and I lost a lot of money, and I didn't even have a lot of it. 
but there was a lot to lose because it dropped so much. Um, the number of viewers that have canceled their subscriptions, the number of annual pass holders. We look at Netflix, it's the same thing. Netflix is bleeding um, subscribers. And it, you have to ask, what is the catalyst? I think in a lot of ways the catalyst is people over the last two years have gone, wow, they really have been lying to us. Yeah, and I just didn't see it. And I can't support them. And I think, again, as painful as it's been, this may be a very good thing for us going forward. Hey, look, like I said this in an interview the other day, I'm, I'm not a spiteful person, but I, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that I hope gas goes up to $10 a gallon and people feel it. <laughs> right. uh, you know, people, people need to feel uh, consequences. Uh, I mean, it's like having kids, right? Sometimes your kid does something wrong and you're like, I don't want them to be hurt, but I want them to feel the, feel the consequences of this decision so they learn and don't do it again. Uh, I personally want people to feel the consequences of some of the decisions they have. And, and uh, right now, uh, you know, the, the term with some of these companies is, you know, go woke, you go broke. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'd be, I'd, like, you got to be lying to say if I, did, I wasn't enjoying it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Disney wants to take a position like that and, and openly uh, condone grooming children kindergarten to third grade and, and stand against protecting children. Yeah. And, uh, and their retaliation is that they're going to uh, make it worse by by uh, inserting their LGBTQ uh, beliefs into children's movies right. at the rate of 50 percent of the characters. Um, you know, I want them to feel some consequences. Yeah, because uh, and they should. Yeah, I, I love Disney. I loved when I was when I was I mean. All my my kids. I mean, I'm, they grew up watching every Disney movie. I took them on Disney vacations. It was a magical experience. Yeah, I think it's great. But right now, I would not give them one penny right. uh, uh, of any of my money uh, because I can't. I can't get behind. And I think I think a lot of times, in Americans in the past would say say stuff like that. Like I'm not watching NFL anymore. And then you know they're like, oh well, <laughs> Super Bowl, right? right. Uh, but I think right now a lot of Americans are like, no, I, I won't do it. I'll sacrifice. I won't watch the next uh, episode of The Mandalorian yeah. Uh, yeah. On, on Disney's uh, Disney Plus because I can't get behind who they are. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna cancel my Netflix subscription because uh, they're making movies about little girls and sexualizing little little ten uh, year old girls. I can't get behind that. I need to cancel my subscription, yeah. even though I want to watch. You know the next episode of whatever. Yeah, uh, I think people are to the point where they're making those decisions. And I mean, look, who watches the Oscars anymore? I, I didn't even I didn't even know what was even going on until uh, the Fresh Prince. You know, <laughs> <laughs> smacked Chris Rocket. That I mean, no one. I, that was a you know. Will Smith slapping Chris Rock was the only thing that uh, only thing the uh, Oscars had going for it. I mean, no and that's why it. people think that maybe it was staged, right? Because yeah. they needed people to come watch it. Right. I mean, it's it's the whole thing. It's it's just people are they're feeling it. And uh, yeah. man, at some point, you think some responsible people in these companies would say, "Hey, maybe we should reposition." If we're a company that's going to do business to make movies and sell tickets to amusement park and entertain people, and and, and or or we're we're a political organization. Yeah. And uh, I think at some point, some of these companies got to make the decision. And there, there are real repercussions. It, you know, all of us have a story, I guess. But like you, Disney's been a big part of our family. And uh, my daughter, you know, 
uh, my oldest. She has worked very, very hard. She's very good at what she does. Um, she applied for two different jobs with the Disney Corporation, not Disneyland, but the Disney Corporation. And these are the kind of jobs that if you get them, you can basically do what you want to after that. She's finishing college. This is a big, big deal. And they reached back out to her and said they'd like to hire her. <laughs> this was three weeks ago. And as much as she's worked, as hard as she's worked for um, both of those positions, and both of them reached back out to her, finance positions, she said, Dad, I just can't do it. I can't work for a company like that. And, you know, that will mean nothing to Disney, but it means something to her. And you wonder how many even young people in a position like that, this is, this is the job that sets you up for the rest of your life if you take it. She said, I'm not going to take it. I wonder how many young people are looking at this. And we're going to look back 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, and the people who are leading our economy and leading politically and leading our country are, are that age. They're the ones who are growing up watching this. And, again, as painful as this can be, um, it can set us up for something you know, very good in the future because they're not living under this weird bubble of everything's fine and trust everyone. Um, they've seen that that's not the case. I, I wonder, too, and this is something that I've talked about a little bit, Disney is going to weather this storm. They just will. They have enough money. They're going to make it. They're not going anywhere. Um, Netflix will probably continue. (laughs) But I think the net impact on other businesses who don't have the money of Disneyland or Disney and Netflix, but who have been going woke, I think that they will begin to change their policies and hopefully get back to just selling products because they cannot absorb what Disneyland or Disney and uh, and Netflix can. So again, I think there will be a broad net positive impact on, on corporations. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I, I love governor DeSantos in, in Florida. Uh, I think some of the decisions he's made has been just incredible. Yeah. I think he's not, he's not only showing leadership for the people of Florida. How do you say Flor- Flor- Floridians? Floridians. Floridians? Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. Floridians, yeah. Floridians. He's showing leadership for the Floridians, but he's showing leadership (laughs) for the nation. And I think really setting a precedence for conservative governors and saying, and really like now you have like people like me in Texas saying, hey, uh, Governor Abbott. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Watching this guy over here because he's making some good moves. Like, where are we at on this? And and I've even seen. people out there, you know, in, in conservative states and conservative governors challenging their governor. Hey, why are we doing this? Why haven't you done these, made these kind of decisions over the last four? Do you think, I'm asking you this because you're, you're pretty unbiased and things like this. Do you think he's making really good decisions? Do you think there's some government overreach there? Or do you think it, the, the decisions he's making is not government overreach, just good, yeah. just good governing, good leadership? I think that one of the great things about our Constitution is it gives limited power to the federal government. And we have incredible overreach from our federal government, but limited power to the federal government and strong power is distributed to the states. One of the great things about the United States, the way we're structured and people from other countries look at us and say there's chaos all the time. Your states are fighting each other. Your states are fighting the federal government and vice versa. One of the things that makes us a country that can come out on the other side of tremendous federal overreach and still experience freedom (laughs) is the fact that local governments, state governments can make decisions on behalf of the people they govern. And to me, that is, it's wonderful. I I mean, 
I even look at what's happening in California. It's the complete opposite of what's happening in Florida. Um, but our government, for what it is, represents the people who vote. <laughs> and we, we have an opportunity to change that, either by leaving, by voting in new people. Uh, we have somewhere to go. If you're in a country that is centrally controlled by the federal government, you have nowhere to go. And so I think it's good government. I think when the election comes around, if he, you know, and it looks like he will um, win re-election as governor, he's representing the people that voted for him. And I think that is good government. I think that's how it works, I think, from the bottom up. And and hopefully he emboldens other conservative governors, of course. But um, what it does for the entire country is it gives us a precedent. It gives us somewhere we can go. <laughs> it, it, it gives us options. And it keeps yeah. other people accountable. So I think it's I think it's fantastic on on all ends. If you live in uh, Massachusetts and you know it's a blue state, and you know or New York or whatever California, if your government is not representing you well, then do something about it. Yeah, or move. Um, <laughs> yeah, or or move. I mean, and that that's an option that you have, right? And so um, I think that's one of the great things about the way our country is structured, and you know, DeSantis is demonstrating how. A part of our country can be, you know, very, very free compared to the rest of yeah. it, and that's great. Yeah, I mean, I, you've heard him say it over and over, and that's kind of how I view this: is he's he's representing his constituents, he's representing yep. people of Florida, he's he's uh he's he's putting policies in place for the things that they want, and and protecting uh, them in a way that they they his voters believe they need to be protected, and uh, and people like you said, people are gonna people are either gonna vote to keep them keep that, or they're gonna vote to get rid of it, or or people can leave. Yeah. But that's not what you're not, we're not saying people leave. We're seeing people flock there in the masses. Right. They can't build houses fast enough in Florida right now. <laughs> right. To, to yeah. keep up with these people. And, uh, in spite of the fact they're all going to be wiped out by hurricanes. They just want to live there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, did, I just did a vacation there. And uh, uh, it was ama- amazing. Uh, we were in Jacksonville on a, on a uh, Fernando Beach area. Yeah. Uh, it was just so beautiful. And I guess hurricanes kind of missed that spot. So a little secret spot that hurricanes miss. Yeah, I, I, I uh, went to college in Florida and Pensacola, and uh, they don't miss that. I think every year we just went and locked down because there's going to be a hurricane. Um, yeah, so I, I think that, you know, as we look at the landscape of what's happening, we are in a potentially good spot. Now, conservatives always mess it up, so I'm not sure we'll <laughs> we'll get to where we need to be. Uh, we're good at complaining about stuff, not very good about taking ground. We're really good about complaining about ground that's been taken from us. But hopefully we are at a place now where we have the opportunity to do something um, that can really change not only the media landscape, but just our access to information. And, again, from my perspective, um, and I'll let you you know finish up this conversation, but from my perspective, my biggest hope is that what we've learned is how to think and that we need to think. And not that we don't trust anyone but that we get multiple opinions <laughs> and really figure out what's going on for ourselves. We have, we have one more enough time for one more thought in, um, in how all this ties together in the immediate future. And, you know, here, here uh, in a couple of months, we have the midterms. Um, this obviously this censorship of uh, the, the bias of mainstream media, the censorship of social media, uh, the censorships of podcasts like this one, um, that's a, a the upcoming midterm elections is going to be a really impacted uh, because of that. I mean, you get you got uh, you're going to have some people trying to silence uh, silence voices, you know, conservative voices. Uh, how do you think this you know plays out? You think 
you think it's uh, going to be as bad as it was in 2020 um, for the for the presidential election? Do you think it's going to be worse? Because I, I personally believe that the, these midterms are more important than even the presidential election was in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. We, we've been talking about that a lot. I don't. I guess I don't know. Um, there are some that say because of what Elon is doing, it's brought a lot of attention to social media censorship. And since people are looking at it, it's going to be harder to pull off, so it won't be as bad. Um, but we've seen that there's not a profit motive for these companies either. So um, they're much more concerned with maintaining power and control than they are with making money. Um, I, I would tend to believe without more information, that that's what's going to happen. They're going to try to clamp down as much as possible because I agree with you. I think these midterms are um, – I, I won't say more important than the 2020 election because we wouldn't be here right now if that had gone a different direction. But if we're going to survive into the future after what happened in 2020, uh, this is a critical moment, and we've, we've got to get some ground back or we're in trouble. So uh, I tend to agree. I, I think – I think the censorship is going to uh, really accelerate, and they're going to say, oh, we're sorry on the other side, but I don't think anyone cares. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. So um, I guess in conclusion, (laughs) ask a lot of questions. um, Figure things out for yourself. Say that again. I say educate yourself. Educate yourself. Educate yourself. Yeah, Yeah. take responsibility. And and I would would caution people, even on the right, who is – you know, really more our audience, um, even the people that you agree with philosophically, get a different opinion. It doesn't hurt to click on CNN once in a while and just see what they're saying. <laughs> just so you have an alternate opinion so you can actually be forced to think. Um, they believe what they're saying. Uh, at least some of them do. Uh, the people on the right believe what they're saying. At least some of them do. But both of them have an agenda. So figure out where the intersection is and uh, make decisions for yourself there. And, uh, and I think that would be helpful. Um, again, thanks for watching. Thank you for listening. hope that's a helpful conversation to you. Share that one out. Uh, these are so critical, critical conversations. We talk about navigating an ever-changing culture. You cannot navigate if you don't have information. And we get our information from the things that we just talked about. Um, some of it comes from entertainment. Um, a lot of how we think is framed by our entertainment, but a lot of it is from mainstream media, uh, news networks, and social media. You've got to learn to think and understand what is real and what is not. Share that out. If you are not yet subscribed, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast platform you are listening from right now or go over and watch on SalemNow.com. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. We were not made to live in isolation. Sadly, many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. A lot of guys end up drinking, a lot of guys end up losing hope. Someone will go to the VA and they'll try to get, you know, prescription medications to help with PTSD. You know, they'll get pills for anxiety, they'll get pills because they can't sleep, now they'll get pills for depression before they know they're taking 12 different medications. And when it's not working out, these guys lose hope, and that's why there's 23 guys a day committing suicide. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. As a result, 
We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Everything they said just kept hitting me in the heart over and over and over again. It's like all the things that I didn't know that I needed to hear. And uh, I opened my heart to God that week, dude, and like, I've been a different person ever since. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. We provide our programs and resources, including travel, at no cost to our warriors. I remember talking to a licensed uh, social worker who actually handed me a pamphlet to Mighty Oaks. So I went. Yeah, glad I did. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. Our mission is to serve and restore our nation's warriors and families who have endured hardship through their service to America and to help them find new life purpose through hope in Christ. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 